Lately, I've been suffering such a bad creative block. Normally, I turn to other movies or TV shows for inspiration. Unfortunately, I haven't had a lot of luck finding a movie or a show that I don't just love. I adore projects that inspire me to push forward with my own projects. I thought I had found it with Amazon's Reacher series. It's a great crime drama action TV show and it's very faithful to the character, but I was wrong because I've just found because I have just found what I was looking for. The miniseries that was done by FX originally on Hulu, but now you can watch on Disney Plus, called Devs. Devs was a series that was done by Alex Garland, who wrote and directed Ex Machina and Annihilation. Alex Garland is a filmmaker that I follow very closely because I think he's truly brilliant. I don't love all of his writing. I will say, for scenes where he tries to establish some humanity, I feel that his dialogue falters. The reason for this is that this is a person who grew up in a household with grandparents that were both Nobel Prize winners, parents that were accomplished and intelligent individuals. This is a man that grew up around intelligence, and you can tell that his definition of humanizing characters through dialogue is dialogue that feels very stilted and writerly. But I can't really hold that against him because I'm sure that to him, that's what regular dialogue sounds like. That's what he grew up in. However, those things don't turn me off of his projects because the moment I start to doubt the capabilities and the genius of his projects, suddenly I'm greeted with a scene that's impeccably written and impeccably acted, impeccably directed. Alex Garland has this vision that's so bold, it's so distinct, and nobody writes brainy movies like he does. There's something different. I loved Ex Machina, and I enjoyed Annihilation, but this show, I just... Words cannot describe how much it affects me. The music, the cinematography, the performances, almost everything about it I adore. I find that the main character, Lily, is the weak link. I don't think she's very interesting as a character, but I keep watching it because everybody else is so well done, everything else is so brilliant, I just, I, I have to keep watching, I have to keep going to the next episode. I knew nothing going in. All I know is that my employer, Jonathan Sobel, recommended it to me, and since I've started watching, I'm starting to feel like he undersold it. What I love the most about it is just how bold it is. 
the reason why I've been following Alex Garland so long and why I'm so happy that I finally get to watch another project of his is because I think he is a very bold filmmaker. He doesn't compromise. He trusts the audience. There are so many dialogue moments in the show that quite frankly, I don't understand. But I recognize that what they're talking about is so complex and it's so fascinating. It doesn't feel like gibberish. It feels like very intelligent people having an intelligent conversation. Garland puts so much trust in the audience that way. He doesn't ever talk down. He doesn't talk in exposition. Even if it does, it's interesting exposition. Exposition that we've never heard before. And that's what it all comes down to. It's, it's boldness seeing someone like Garland get consistently get work and make movies and shows and he's so consistently unapologetically bold with what he does he just he just goes for it he doesn't seem to really worry about if we understand it like a line in the show said by Nick Offerman I trust you will figure it out it's so good. It's easily Nick Offerman's best performance. I love him, Parks and Recreation, but he's in another realm in this show. You see a side of him that we all knew he was capable of, but seeing it actually happen, it's so incredible to witness. I just wish that more of the big mainstream movies were like this. TV shows, too. We still have boldness in filmmaking, thankfully. Jordan Peele has a new film coming out called Nope. I haven't seen anything on it. I haven't seen any trailers. All I know is that it's about aliens. And all I know is that Jordan Peele, with Get Out and Us, he is not a filmmaker who is interested in playing it safe. He's a filmmaker that goes for it. Same with Paul Thomas Anderson. His last film, Phantom Thread, I remember... 90% of it I didn't know if I loved it or hated it and then there's one specific moment at the end that completely turned it all around and made me adore the movie just like that there are not many filmmakers that can pull it off maybe not enough filmmakers are trying I'm not one of those people that likes to badmouth Marvel films and the Disney properties and, you know and the Star Wars projects because I enjoy Star Wars, I enjoy comic book movies and superheroes. I'm somebody that grew up and thrived on DC and Marvel content. But I do recognize that there is a lack of boldness with the majority of the movies. To say that they all play it safe and they're all the same, I disagree with that. I think there are a lot of movies throughout the MCU that are very different and take risks. The recent Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings I thought was absolutely fantastic and I thought they took risks and they went to places that they hadn't gone before. Same with Infinity War and same with Endgame and I would even say a lot of the Captain America movies they feel different but I would be lying if I said any of them had a fraction of the courage and risk that Garland has in just one scene of any projects that he's done and I just I wish we would all take more of a chance 
I think that if studios and producers took that risk on those risky filmmakers and give us that content more widespread, it would make us aspiring filmmakers a lot less nervous. Because I still think there is new originality that exists in filmmaking today. David Lowry is one of those filmmakers too, with The Green Knight, one of the strangest films I've seen, came out last year, and it's basically just a surreal acid trip set in a medieval fantasy world. The unfortunate thing is, only movie nerds will be watching those movies. Only people who are really plugged into the abstract, into the weird, into the absurd, to the art house channel of things. Only those people are going to find these projects. They're not widespread enough, they're not accessible everywhere. And even the ones that are, such as The Power of the Dog, which is a Netflix original, they're being done with the help of massive names and notable veteran filmmakers. Would The Power of the Dog get made if Jane Campion wasn't the writer-director? Or if Benedict Cumberbatch didn't play the lead? Probably not. But what room does that leave for the unknown filmmakers who want to get their foot in the doors? David Lowry had to work over and over in the independent scene before A24 picked him up and produced his last two features. And those two features only happened after he did a Disney movie, Pete's Dragon. Jordan Peele, he's one of the biggest names in modern comedy. So of course he was able to get a budget for his wildly absurd horror film and then win an Oscar for it. Any movies you do look at that are incredibly bold and different, unfortunately they're either hard to find and tucked away in dark corners, or they're done by major industry veterans. People that producers and studios aren't afraid of. They trust them. They know they've been here before, they know what they're doing. Does that mean for all the younger filmmakers we have to appease the masses, prove we can turn a profit before we're allowed to have fun and do the project we really want to do? Yeah. And you know what? It's fair enough. It makes sense. But I feel that if studios and producers took just a few more risks on those no-name filmmakers, those spec scripts that seem so wild, but there's something innately special about them. If they just took a few more of those risks and put those filmmakers on the map, they may find that there is an audience out there, a big one that's looking for new weird movies. And then those weird movies will make profit. They will make their money back. They just have to put a bit more money into them in terms of the marketing and distribution. Derek Colstead, who wrote John Wick, had spent three years trying to get that movie made until eventually Keanu Reeves signed on. That's an original script too, it's not based on anything. It's Colstead's original property. Now they're gearing up to do a fourth film, and it's because of that movie that action films have been changed so significantly. If you look at fight scenes, I guarantee you, you won't find one that doesn't have at least a hint of John Wick action in it. And 
all three movies have made tons of profit. Especially Chapter 2 and Chapter 3. Most of the big franchises start out as just original weird ideas and then spiral out. Look at Star Wars. Look at the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Star Wars started out as this very strange sci-fi B-movie everyone thought was going to flop. No one could have predicted it was going to win six Oscars and be a monumental success. And now a multi-billion, billion dollar franchise that's still going. And Marvel started out as a bunch of weird comic books back in the day with these weird people with weird abilities and weird costumes. Again, now it's worth more than entire countries have in their accounts. All because it's the right people took the risk on this weird idea and put it in front of people that wanted weird ideas. So you can't really say that a lot of all these weird ideas, they're not profitable. Well, I think a lot of them are profitable. You just need to take a chance on that risky film. In order for a risky film to be turned into a success, you need to take a risk in the first place and put more money on it. You could have the next Star Wars and you'll never know it because you're too afraid to take that risk, too afraid to be bold. I think I've gone as far as I can with that. <sighs> Don't know if I'll have anything to talk about next week. If I do, you'll hear from me. <laughs>